everybody, I'm Diane Brady. I'm here with Deco, who is the CEO of Recruit Holdings, Glassdoor, and indeed we're an AI house, which of course, I think nothing embodies the chaos and the enthusiasm for AI, like standing where we're standing. What, what do you think about this? It's been the big theme at Davos this year. Yeah, of course, like that last like 18 month or 12 month, like the AI thing is becoming to be more and more real. And of course, I'm excited as a one technologist. But, <laughs> but you know, when we actually think about, you know, even 20 years ago, you know, people are so excited about internet. But, you know, I still think it takes time because we need to keep training AI model to be more like a realistic, you know, that support for the real society or real execution of the society. So it's, it will, you know, like change a lot of like uh, our, 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 you know, life. Yeah. But it just takes time. I suspect, are you talking about what it's going to do to jobs? Because when you think about, there's some excitement maybe when it comes to displacing humans and jobs, that's where the fear factor comes in. So you you think we're just sort of overestimating the fear factor right now? Is that what it is that you think we're, is too much hype? Yeah, you know, our research is showing AI will affect almost all job seekers or all workers, of course. But the important thing is it's going to be very difficult to fully replace human being jobs. And one example I like is, okay, advanced AI, somebody built fully automated airline. You know, I like, will not fly a fully automated yeah. airline. Can I point that out? Yeah. Can, can we just have one pilot at least, just in case? I think that's the situation we're seeing. What I'm seeing is like, of course, we have a lot of data. We are trying to build a lot of AI function to sometimes automate uh, procedures of hiring mm -hmm. or like uh, to support human being recruiters. But we, what we are actually thinking is probably we're going to need the human being aspect to finally check or to decide the hiring. A lot of data to put into and yes. jobs that will change. I mean, I want, let's talk about what's happening on the ground because it seems like when you look at the job market, things are pretty good and yet the feelings about the job market aren't as good. Do you see that disconnect between the companies that yeah, you know, oversee? I've been saying the same thing over year and year. What we are, what people are missing is the shortage of labor supply. For example, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, in the US, we had 2 million, 3 million additional age, like working age population yeah. every year. Meaning if we didn't have additional 2 million jobs, we're going to have 1.52% higher unemployment rate. Meaning 2018, 2019, we had almost zero additional working age population. So in the, the demographics US. have not shifted. It's being getting like having like aging workforce. So as a result, of course, we might be able to have soft landing situation, but the big factor of that is actually the short supply of labor force. So of course the 
the, the hiring demand will be going down, it's cooling down from the high peak uh, from the COVID recovery, but uh, uh, still we are expecting a little bit longer term, tighter labor market. Well, let me ask about, because if we unpack that a little, when we talk about labor shortages, the data engineers are not the ones who are worried. It's the people who are at the lower end of the income spectrum, the people who've already felt a bit displaced or their wages haven't grown as much. When you look at the spread of whether it's optimism or job growth, is there no, not some valid fear among that tier of people who who are not growing as a percentage of the workforce? I think one thing, you know, I wanted to mention is, you know, long-term trend was like white-cutter salary. The gap between white-cutter salary and blue-cutter salary yeah. was becoming to be wider. But the last year we saw that the, it's kind of almost like opposite trend. Because of AI? No. <laughs> We'll see, right. but we, as I said, the basic trend is we don't have enough supply of labor force. Maybe, you know, like the improvement of uh, productivity for white powder with AI, some technologies, but uh, I think in general, all developed countries will have some kind of labor shortage. So as a result, you know, we might not have high unemployment rates like we had like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but we might have relatively high inflation rates because if you want to hire workers for construction jobs or in a primary job or nurses, it's going to be difficult to hire. When you talk, I start to think about what happened in Japan, which has been an early mover with regard to the trends you're talking about. You also don't have a lot of growth in those situations when there's a mismatch, especially when you need skilled labor to kind of accelerate innovation. So let me get back to that principle of, on an emotional level, are we right to be worried? I think, you know, again, like Japan is an extreme, extreme example sure. of the aging workforce. They're having 1%, 2% less working age population every year. So now, actually, for example, like one big restaurant chain, which have like 2,000 restaurants, they decided to have 3,000, you know, food delivery robots. But as a result, they have you know better like you know retention of workers they they started to hire more like aged workers because they they don't need to work them. so i i'm thinking of course it's challenging but still when we think about the future and ai and technology it might be a good test field to test new technologies how technology can work with human being. What are you seeing in the near term? So we're 2024, it's an election year, jobs and the economy are always critical to who wins. What are you seeing in terms of the trend lines, like, like say the next 6 to 12 months? Yeah, so I'm still thinking we're going to have a little bit mild recession. I, so I not would a not soft say landing. Like, I don't know what a soft landing means, by the true, way. True. What does that even mean? But, uh, you know, I'm, I've been checking the labor market. When I'm thinking about the unemployment rate, 
it's not going to be going up 5%, 6%. Even 5%, it's a historical norm. But people feel worse than the numbers suggest. Because of the, the gap between wage inflation and actual right. inflation. But you know, now, as I said, we might see, you know, like a stubborn wage inflation. So I would say for the next 12, 18 months, even the economy is getting worse, it's not gonna be like a like terrible situation because if let's say four percent, five percent people can have keep their job, the consumer numbers should not be that bad. So it's not going to be 2009, you know, 2010 type of situation because of the big demographic change in many uh, developed countries, especially. Are there any other trends that you're seeing from the data? Or again, I want to be respectful. You've got both Glassdoor, like the, and you're also seeing on the recruiting side. What else are you seeing that even early trends that you would put on our radar? I would say, like you know, the the full example, like numbers we are seeing is like when we compare the end of 2019 or beginning of 2020 before COVID, we added in the U.S. we added 2.8 million, 2.9 million workers. Yeah. But 90% of them are non-native Americans, foreign-born uh, workers. So. I still think when we think about the actual matching, we are having less skilled laborers who have been doing cut technicians or constructions or nurses, and we're getting more immigrants. But we need to keep training the workforce. Otherwise, like you know, for example, number of job posting to hire nurses is still 40%, 50% higher than 2019. Yeah, that's been kind of general. Yes, it's yeah. just a pure, you know, labor shortage. Are there particular areas of the country where you see a, a, a particular gap or growing gap that we should be worried about? Uh, I said healthcare for all countries, you know, and still, when I talk with some government people, they sometimes they still think, okay, we need more healthcare jobs. I'm telling them, no. Probably you know, the younger generation don't want to do that kind of hard jobs. So we need to you know, change their mindset. This is actually extremely important job for society. And uh, you know, probably we need, also need to think how we can pay more for healthcare workers or even teachers. Like, are we really good to have you know, this supply? Are you seeing wages go up in those areas? You said it's a communication yes. challenge. Yes. So employers recognize it's more that the people they're trying to reach aren't necessarily appreciating. Anything else that, especially from Davos or otherwise, I know that I'm you know, stereotyping you as a person to talk about jobs as you should. Are there other things that um, you're thinking about here and in general as a leader? Yeah, as I said, like, you know, in general, reskilling is very important topic for the Davos for many, many years. But uh, I, I just want to add, like, how can we have a good training for the, like, skilled essential workers, not only tech workers, right? Yeah. So especially the, when we think about the future of AI technology, we will definitely need 
actual you know, workers or construction plumber, car technicians, nurses. But you know, sometimes in Davos, people are so focusing more on white collar, high paid workers. But I know when we think about the actual society through our data, still you know seventy percent people are working for blue collar jobs. Or so I think when we think about the actual society to be better, how can we think about the, how can we cater to these actual essential workers has been the challenge. Yeah. For the whole society. Yeah. That's how we are thinking. Excellent. It's a good message to bring. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much.